back to Queer Alien Blast. Today we will be discussing episode 11 of season four. Uh, we're going to start where we normally do with Liz and Max. And I added Clyde, Clyde into this mix here because most of the episode he was with Liz. I have a lot of feelings about Liz's addiction storyline. And none it, of them are good for me. None of them, none are, of them are good. Are good. Um, this is an interesting way to play it here at the end. First of all, addiction doesn't work like this. It doesn't happen out of nowhere and it doesn't develop this quickly and it doesn't, they've sped through months of things, which is fine. It's Roswell. We've already seen an Orteco do this. I don't know. It's fine. It just is recycled. What, what, what was the point? I mean, it's just sort of boring. Liz is an asshole for most of the episode and you're supposed to, you're supposed to forgive her because she's an addict, but like, mm. It happened so quickly, it's hard to, you can't really see her that way. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's just also like a hundred percent her fault. She knew, like, like, yeah, right. It's, <laughs> I mean, not, it's not like from like a mental illness or, or some issue where you start with a, you know, a substance and it takes over yeah. your life. She went into it, I think, with a knowledge that most people don't and knew yeah. what was going to happen. And had awareness in a way that other addicts don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just really frustrating because I, I, I think they could have done this plot a lot better and this part specifically doesn't feel useful. It doesn't feel like it's fulfilling, like it's working towards something. It doesn't it, feel like it matters in any way. So It feels like... I've spent a lot of time in the last year working with like addiction therapists and doing a lot of stuff on my personal life. And it feels like Roswell did such a good job of showing what addiction is with Rosa. I think a, a pretty good job. And then you, you have this stuff with Liz, which I think is insulting, which I think is, I think is belittling. And I think it's, um, you know, making light of what it is to be an addict. I mean, they literally have her, acting like remember those old cartoons where they would show like an addict and it would be somebody like scratching themselves and like you know what I mean like this really weird like caricature of a drug addict and it just doesn't I don't like it it makes me uncomfy well in the whole cycle we've gone through like Rose's entire cycle in like three episodes it, it makes like and it, you know it's gonna get I feel I feel like it's gonna get swept under the rug for the rest of the show because now she's you know, she's been the addict, she's relapsed, now she's detoxing, and imagine being an addict, relapsing, and detoxing, and recovering in the span of two episodes. It's insane. Which, an episode now is like a day, or two. It's like no time at all. Like, okay, that's warp speed, sure. And then she's going to be like, you know, with Rosa, like, oh, I know how you feel, because I went through the same thing. No, you didn't. (laughs) If they even, they didn't have a line like that in this episode, did they? I hope that they don't ever, I'll throw my computer. You know what? It'll be worth the loss of a $1,500 computer. I'll throw it. Um, I do want to say I did like the scene with Rosa confronting Liz. Um, I just love Rosa. So watching her confront her and kind of just show how, and we're going to talk about this a little more later, but show how far Rosa's come. Don't really care about kind of like the Liz aspect of it but that was a great scene for Rosa especially in their childhood bedroom where we know Liz has had these confrontations 
with Rosa. I thought it was great. Yeah, I was going to say everything, little that we saw of Rosa this season because we we didn't have her for many episodes, but everything we saw of Rosa this season was so good. Um, really just she's come so far and everything, every scene speaks of that speaks speaks to that you know uh and of our growth kind of like isabel like i would say if we look at this the show as a whole probably rosa and isabel are two of the characters that grew most over the whole series for sure 100 oh i agree and it's nice to see like a variety of women and when you know their experiences and where they're coming from like just of all the the things that Roswell gets wrong, the things that they get right are really powerful, which is obviously why we're here. And Rosa is just one of those things that overall they've really, they've just really got, you know, done well with, and then they've gotten right. Um, Her growth and the fact that she just keeps helping people. I mean, she could easily fuck off to New York and just make a new life there. Probably I would. (laughs) I mean, she and she and what's his face. Um, the, you know that could make a life together I don't know but the fact that she's like sacrificing things to really help other people I mean I think that's a big deal so at the end of that scene we don't know it at the time but at the end of that scene uh Clyde kidnaps Liz by using Vanessa who I, Which I don't know, care about her you could have used anybody for that to fit that role for this episode and you pick this person that we know absolutely nothing about. I didn't even remember her name was Vanessa until this episode. Literally like kidnap Arturo. Rosa. Rosa Ro- was right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Rosa. But if you want to make it about someone who we've seen less of, kidnap Arturo. Like, literally. We don't care. Like we do not have enough of our relationship us as the audience and what we saw of Liz with Vanessa to care other than the fact that she's a human being like that's and that's That's literally the only reason even Liz would care like Vanessa is a human being and she was one of her um students that's it like there's no other reason like they don't really sure Liz tries a little harder with her because she sees I think a lot of Rosa in her and wants to help her in that way but it's so far away for us now and I just want to tell the writers that existence of a character doesn't make me care about that character (laughs) just just the mere like them being on screen that's not how it works I mean it, it takes years to cultivate I mean to to these relationships it took me a long time to warm up to Rosa when she was introduced. And I, I, there's different characters that it took, you know, Maria, all of those. But but the point is they, they gave them time to develop to the point where I enjoyed seeing them on screen and I was emotionally invested. I don't care. You could kill her in front of me and I don't care. Sorry. So sorry. But you, when you've had seven minutes of screen time, screen time in an entire season, I don't care. And it's once again this thing that Roswell does so often that they have a character and they introduce them for like a couple of episodes then we don't see them for half of the season or even more. And then they, uh, they're back. They've never been mentioned in the episodes that they were in there. And you're like, right, okay. I, did, I do not remember their name. I do not 
know their face. I don't know why they're here. I mean, like, like she was in like the first couple episodes and then Liz got her the job at the crash down and then it's like she never had did she ever have another scene with her again until like this episode of the episode four? no like you you have so many characters that we at least somewhat give a shit about and you pick the one that half of us don't even remember her name all right let's go back to the beginning of the episode because we got jones at the very start so i know that made me happy Oh uh, yeah, he, he he was cheesier than ever. Love it. Like I don't know what Nathan was drinking or smoking, but he made <laughs> he made Jones even more like you will be a part of me. And you're like Jesus, like you really went off the deep end with this. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I love unhinged Jones, and when the brand came out, I'm like, well, of course he's gonna brand his followers. Why wouldn't he? Like. Well, see, that was the whole thing. Like, we had such an opportunity to make him such a cult leader, right? Like, that was, and now we have this, but it's far too late. Like, mm-hmm. this was some of this was part of the Jones we should have had last season with him being this like enigmatic cult leader. So now we have it. I knew, of course, there's branding, like, of course. Um, but I just would have loved to have seen that aspect of it last season. And, uh, one thing, and this isn't really part of this specific part, but it, it relates to the brand. Like, I love this show, and it, it's so ridiculous. Like, of course, now we have magic tattoos, obviously. Uh, it's it's funny to me that Michael and Max have a tattoo of that same symbol. Mm-hmm. And to, to them, it means something completely different, you know? while at the same time kind of meaning family as well for them, but in a completely different, non-cultish, non-insane way, you know, just this is my family. But it's so funny. And you're like, oh, sure, why not? Why not? Absolutely, makes sense. DNA tattoos. I love it because this is like the perfect example of getting a a tattoo that you don't know the meaning of and then you find out it means like oh this is white people getting chinese tattoos like exactly characters this is what yeah absolutely that's exactly what it is and i am just horrified and also i love it like yeah your tattoos for a a genocidal death cult (laughs) so cool let's talk a minute about um oh let's talk about this let's talk about this note that sarah put in the outline Clyde may be slightly interesting. I said maybe, maybe. Is he? Is slightly. he? And he's just tall, white, and bland. No. <laughs> I, I liked the scene with Jones at the beginning, and he's like, like the the crazy fanatical cult follower. Like, I like. I was more interested in him in this episode yeah. than I have been in any episode. But that bar's like underground. They just made him Tex Watson, the guy from the Manson. I mean, that's all he is, is this sort of like, you know, tall boots wearing Texan or whatever. Like, it's fine. It was just, you know, I am, again, any uh, information about a cult is very interesting, but he's just sort of like generic white guy. But I do, you know, you got to have one. Yeah, I think, you know, every time that, uh, a villain steps into being an actual villain um it's interesting um 
with Clyde, what they should have done really is have it be earlier in the season. Like the whole Tesca, Clyde, Bonnie thing should have been done much sooner. And maybe then I would have cared about Tesca and I would have, you know, been interested in Clyde as a villain. And make him just... unequivocally the villain from the very start. Yeah. And, and make him not necessarily like Jones, but willing to, to go as far as Jones did. I mean, there was a yeah. lot of potential there. For I, I Absolutely, I will agree with that. Agreed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, I would, I, I understand making him kind of like could have gone one way or the other like Bonnie did at the beginning. I understand that with Michael because he was important to Michael's um, development in this season. But yeah, I just think it should have been clearer much, much sooner. Like one episode would have been more than enough, you know. But whatever. I agree. What we have. Um, I am here for Liz just ripping Clyde to shreds and then bringing a mind shaft down on him. Sexiest thing I've ever seen. That's the Liz that I know and love. And it just goes to show that she, that's Liz. That's our Liz. That's the Liz that we love. You do not need to drug yourself on alien miss or whatever or give in to your quote-unquote evil side to do shit like that because she's always done that that's the least that punched Noah in the face in season one you know like that's the the list that shot Jones that you know that's the list that run Tesca through with a machete like well and that's the heroine of our show yeah well and the thing is is that there was there would never have been an issue of showing Liz falter or showing her like a little bit weaker throughout the season but it's just been so up and down and wild for 11 episodes now that it's it's that that's when you sort of lose sight of of Liz that's why we've lost her for so long for almost an entire season and it's just it was just a wild choice so let's talk briefly about Echo again. We kind of touched on this, but um, how many I don't times? like that they, huh? How many times can they reconcile? Right, like, yeah. And it's like, this was so quick and it's like they reconcile and they put a bandaid over it and they never address their issues. And now we've gotten to the end of the show. So they're going to have their big, sappy, cheesy, happy ending at the end. And we're never going to acknowledge that they have deep rooted, serious issues in their relationship that are never addressed. Let me tell you what, if, if my, if my partner and I had had as many fights as they'd had about serious, serious issues, we'd be sitting in a divorce attorney's office right now. Like there is, they say the sweetest things to one another, right. When they reconcile. Max is definitely a romantic bland white guy, but there is, there is no going beyond the surface. There, there isn't anything they fight and then just immediately reconcile. And I just think that that is, that's exhausting for me to watch. And I'm not even in their fandom. I think what's funny to me is that before this season, I think that got into a point where they managed to, still have their differences and still have you know their different views on life and all of that but got into a point where they were able to discuss those things without necessarily needing to fight or break up or you know all of those things 
And then season four came about and the, the proposal and all of that. And it's like, I understand that part of it was that neither of them is really that much into this perfect idyllic life together and they need more or something different. I understand that. And that's part of the point of this season. But also I feel like they just created more issues out of nothing. Why did Liz come so far into her, you know, paranoia about having to marry Max when that could have been a conversation in episode one and say, okay, I'm not ready to get married. Let's discuss this. You know, I don't understand why you you know, went ahead and planned for a proposal. We'd never discussed this. Like that could have been a conversation and that's it. I understand that doesn't make for CW drama, but, you know, it makes for a better relationship, I guess. They have enough issues without adding stuff onto it at the end yeah. here. They, they've got it covered. But damn All it, right, do we- but, but, but hold on, but damn it. <laughs> Do they not look adorable together? Like I'm tired. They're the sweetest. Oh my God. It's just so fucking infuriating that Mm -hmm. I'm like screaming at them. Like this is not it. But the way he like looks down at her and holds her. I'm like, God damn it. At the end Mm -hmm. of the day, I'm just, you know, I'm just, it is nice and good for them and blah, blah, blah. But they are, they do make a, a, you know, interesting visually and they're so cute. So I get it. That line about him uh, catching her when she fell was like, God. I still hate the the turquoise line. And he mentioned it. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're my turquoise or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. But uh, that still makes me cringe. But at the end of the day, it's also very sweet. And they do get really sweet lines. So I think I'm just jealous. (laughs) At least one of them isn't dying. (laughs) We're going to talk about that in a minute. Now, the one thing I will say is that while they are, you know, all of this cheesy, romantic, all of that, um, Max wanting his powers back solely because of Liz. Mm. Eh, do we really want to do it? Like, if that's the choice he's made for his own life, I, I, I understand that we will always going to have Max with his powers back because otherwise where will the confrontation with Clyde and the blue flame or whatever and all of that and coming into his own and all of that be but I kind of would have loved Max not having his powers and staying without his powers like if that's something that he wants for his own life I think he should that's all he's ever wanted is to be quote-unquote normal like like yeah. that's his happy ending his happy ending is being yeah. just a guy from roswell with liz orteco and then we could have had liz be the the heroine you know saving the day with maybe michael and isabel being you know the whole support team and whatever like they're well powerful. it could have just been a natural progression of Max just being the guy from roswell and then dallas sort of stepping into that role mm-hmm. to be part of the triad right like that yes. would have been sort of a natural progression. And I think that, like you said, I mean, I, I think this is what Max Max wanted. And now we're going again, we're going, that's another part of their relationship that drives me crazy. It's like, you're, you should be allowed to go after what you want mm-hmm. hand in hand with your partner 
not this sort of sacrificial lamb that they make themselves yeah. with their partner. And I don't want to feel for Max. Like, God, no, I, I don't want to end. Me. I do. Ugh, I hate that I this, this season has been such an up and down with Max. Like, and I know we're going to do like, you know, recap episodes or what, you know, or, or, or analysis episodes, analysis episodes later, but I, I felt more for him this season in both ways, like anger and understanding so, so much more than other seasons. And I really hate it. I really don't appreciate it. How dare they make us care about Max Evans? It's ridiculous. All right. So let's talk about Kyle and Isabel and Rosa. Um, I continue to just be obsessed with Kyle and Isabel and the, the diner scene. I'm just like, this is straight out of a fan fiction. Straight out, like you could have pulled this off of AO3. This is um, just classic shipping stuff. Like this is this is the point of the the fic or the romance book or whatever that I'm like throwing it against the wall. Like communicate with one another. You're so stupid. But I will say, Isabel is the stupidest. Isabel's the stupidest because she said it to Max. You know. Why is Kyle saying no, make me want to be with him or make me realize because you're a stubborn ass B. And when you can't have something, then you want it. I I remember a few episodes ago saying, no, they will be together so fast. You're dumb. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I There's only two episodes left. So this okay. would be funny. At the beginning of the season, had it been like, uh, oh, this is a closed door, whatever the fuck Kyle said about doors. I, yeah, very, it was great, but I also was so mad. But like, they, and then the whole season was sort of working towards it. Like, wouldn't that have been interesting? But no, we are down to the actual wire. I want to say that I thought for sure when Isabel stepped out on that balcony that that was Kyle. Um, I also got really excited because I thought Kyle was holding her hand. It was Rosa. I was an idiot. Like I got really excited and I was like, oh my God. And I rewatched it. I was like, just kidding. That was anything to get excited about. They're so awkward and I love them. And I, we all know how we all feel about Max. I loved the doors conversation. That was such a good Max and is scene that I feel like we haven't had in such a long time. And I, I loved that conversation. I want to get epic love stories tattooed on my forehead. Like <laughs> it's such a good, just such a good line and just such a good way to describe everyone. And yes, Kyle and Isabel didn't get the same time and attention as like a couple, obviously, but even in that short time, I would call it an epic love story because look where they started, right? Like look how exactly. far we've come and they were friends for so long. I would still consider that very much an epic love story. Um, and you just know the sex was so good. Like, you're just like, you love one another. The chemistry's there. You know you're good in between the sheets. Just go. Just do it. Amanda's that person standing behind the window with the sign that says, just do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so at, the, at the end of the day, I'm by and I can imagine it. And I'm okay with that. You're going to be the peanut butter in that sandwich? <laughs> 100%. 1,000%. up. Uh Let's also talk about uh, Kyle and Rosa getting scenes together, finally, amazing. They're just, they're so good. Like for people who are technically siblings, but you know, they they didn't grow up together. They didn't, you know, they have such a sweet connection. And Kyle's a good big brother. 
and I just love well, all their stuff. And there's something really special about a sibling bond when there's that many years in between them too, it, depending on how you talk, you know, I, they're at least 10 years apart, realistically. And that's how far apart me and my sister are. And it really takes until you're that age, the age, the ages they are right now to really even become friends. Like they got to skip the sort of awkward, the awkward part of a relationship. And they're just so sweet with one another. I mean, and, and Kyle's exactly who Rosa needs as a sibling because she and Liz are wonderful and they love each other, but there's always going to be, you know, we've talked about it before and they've let go of a lot of it. There's, you know, Liz still strikes out against, they still use things against one another and they still have a lot of like history and a lot of emotions behind their relationship. But Kyle and Rosa just can be just be sweet siblings. There's, there's no animosity there, really. Yeah, I do sometimes forget that they're actual siblings, you know, just because we, over the seasons that we knew that they were siblings and they, they were both actually in present time uh, on the screen, um, we got so few scenes of the two of them together. They're always such good scenes. They they really have that chemistry down. And both their scene and the scene with Max and Isabel, I really loved in this episode. You know, I don't always love this trope of having, you know, each person of the couple get um, a conversation with a friend or, you know, a sibling or something and get them to the idea of oh maybe we should give it a try and something like that I don't it's not always well done I feel in media and this was very well done uh, if we had more than two episodes left I would have absolutely like squealed at it um as it is it's a little kind of uh, will we have time to actually you know with everything coming down to a showdown or something um I don't know if they will have time to actually get there uh, but I hope so and it was very lovely to see Max and Rosa be those those people for for Kyle and Isabel I think they'll get there I think we'll have this big scene and they'll make out and it'll be hot but I, you know it sucks that we won't get to see like how that relationship goes on I feel like I feel like it probably in the finale um, yeah, we're not going to be able to, we're not going to get to see them together yeah. really at all, which, okay. I would love for it to parallel, like, the finale of season three, except without Anata, obviously, and, like, dancing sh- seems, seems to be a thing for them, so. Then I'll die, I'll die. Um, dancing at Malik's wedding. Yes! Shut up. We're almost there. We're almost there. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I couldn't. When you said dancing, I was like, well, then let's go. Um, we, we talk about this pretty much every episode that Rose is on. But again, she has the best growth between her and Isabel. Her character arc is amazing. And she's kind of like come full circle here. And I love seeing her as like the one taking care of Liz. You know, when Liz was there for her and, and helped her. I think that it's, I think it's good for Rosa to kind of be in that role at this point. And yeah, I just, I just love Rosa's growth. She's and I just still... love that she's like, it, she's really like championing like Kyle and Isabel. Like, yeah, she's like captain of their little ship and like her and Max are both like 
And nobody's surprised. This is what I love more than anything is that no one's like, that's weird. Where did this come from? Everyone's like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah, no, I see it. Yeah. I should tell you something. Yeah, that's lovely. And with Rosa, I I love that while she's, you know, early 20s by now, I would say, 21, 22, I think, um, she's still very much the older sister in some way, like to everyone, like she still manages to be somehow an older sister to Liz. She's been that figure with Isabel as well in some cases with Kyle, with this conversation about Isabel and, and feelings and all of that. It's just very lovely to see that despite the fact that she's like 10 years younger than them now, um, she still has like that just gut feeling of having to be like, nope, I'm the older sister, like I'm taking over here. Um, it's just very good to see. Yeah, she's still got older sister energy. All right, do we have anything else to talk about with Kyle and Isabel and Rosa? <laughs> Mixed like, let's go, let's go. All right. Let's talk about Malik's. Um, the fact that we can finally talk about <laughs> it's been nine eight nine it's episodes. been 84 years it's literally crazy long literally um i love that we got you know i love michael's tunnel vision when it comes to alex like he's like i don't care about the fruit i don't care about the portal i care about going and finding my man right now and you can help her get out of the way. I just love that Michael Guerin went just, if you just think about early seasons and just where we are now, it's just so funny because it's just not even the same person at all. He's finally like, he's, he's dropped every wall he ever had. And actually he's an oversharer now. Like he's an over, he's the, they, they, he went full completely 180 and I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Cause that's all he, like the world literally could burn down and he doesn't care as long as he's got Alex, which is wonderful for us, but it's just so funny. It's, it's, it's the new Michael Guerin. So I was in my living room watching the episode and literally my whole family was, was in the, the kitchen right next to it. And when he tackled Alex to the ground and pulled the gas mask off, like they, they came and checked to make sure I was okay because I screamed so loudly. What a, and it was such a wild imagery too. It was like this weird, like Star Wars horror movie thing, you know? And then he had that weird, like Obi-Wan robe on. I was like, what's, what a vibe. It's just in yes. the, the, the muted colors. I don't know. It was so weird. I loved it. As someone who just finished, like who's currently hyper-focused on Star Wars and specifically Obi-Wan, I'm like, yeah. Exactly. It feels like that, you know, that sort of vibe that whole time, which is phenomenal, you know, and the thing is, is that I mourn the color and the vibrance and the, all of that, of the early seasons and that first few episodes and especially as a gift maker. And just, I, I miss that because it's just, there is nothing better than the pilot kiss in terms of color and all of that. So it's a little hard now because it's so muted I mean now it makes sense where they are right like it's that that's it doesn't matter 
that would be literally my only ever critique of this whole this episode was just I want some of that vibrance back and I'm still holding out hope that if we actually get a wedding in two episodes which seems real quick like lesbian u-haul quick to do it in two episodes but whatever or they were ready to get married in the fucking I was just gonna say I think Dallas is gonna marry them in the next episode that's fair that's fair so if we actually do get like some sort of wedding or reception or some sort of party at the end or whatever which is what I'm hoping for where everyone is there it'd be nice to get some of that vibrance back like yeah that's what I really want I say like a round of applause to gift makers who give that those scenes those malik scenes or all of those scenes in the parallel dimension or whatever right. it is because there's nothing there i mean it's just Am- so... amazing like literally it's just one color on screen so i've seen give sets that look like completely normal colors and i'm like okay how do you manage that can you teach me please exactly gorgeous that was amazing um you know alex is my favorite character and having him like just in that first scene where he's back is just like I I this is what I was missing from the show and you know I care I love all the characters but I have a special place in my heart for Alex and I didn't realize how much I missed him like truly missed him as a character until he came back in these scenes and well this is like this is just classic Malik's right like yeah. Things got the first, don't get me wrong. I like the scenes from earlier in the season, but they they got they were they were the kissing weird. They were they were weirdly apart in ways. I don't know. It was a, kind of a weird vibe in the first couple of episodes. But this is like Malik's, right? Like this is teasing, cute, sweet, touching, tender, all of these things that we haven't seen. I don't know, ever, or in a long time, you know what I mean? Like, that, that to me, there were still the same vibes of season one, episode three, but without the animosity and, and anger, you know what I mean? Like some of that just sort of tender touching, which is what we've been missing was, for a really long time. That was one of the things that's in my notes is that you, they just couldn't stop touching each other. Like obsessed. Like I almost was, I couldn't watch it. I was almost like too much. Like I, I literally was like, oh God. Stop being so tender. It's too many emotions because it was just how often have we gotten to see them be absolutely just tender because we've seen Max and Liz get to do that. We've seen other couples get to have those moments and we haven't really, we've been really lacking on those like sort of tender moments. I can count on, you know, just half a hand how many scenes we've really gotten like that. And it was pitch black. That's fine. Alex laying his head on Michael's shoulder, I about passed out. I had to pause the TV. Bro, we got a forehead touch. (laughs) I think it's just all those. I think we deserve some fan service. I think everyone deserves some fan service. What is a show, a CW show especially, without some fan service, right? Like, we're the reason that they even made it to four seasons. So I'll take fan service. I'll take giving a lot us lots of throwbacks and lots of conversations that have come full circle because we frankly deserve it <laughs> after what we yeah. years of, of, of with the ship I think it's really nice so if the next two episodes are literally nothing but Malik's fan service I will bow down and say please can I have some more we deserve this exactly yeah we deserve this we're good people and we have yeah. suffered long enough <laughs> you know it's 
and it's in your notes talking about the drive-in, but I would never have expected the drive-in to be what where they keep returning in every season, right? If you'd said mm-hmm. that to me in the beginning, that that becomes their sort of touch point, right? Because I would have always thought it would be the, the Airstream or name any other places, right? But the, but the fact that it kept being the drive-in but it's interesting because it was it, it was such a like an important scene in season one and it, it changed their relationship in many ways. Like if they had not argued and if they in some way had more had been more brave in that one first date, everything would have been different. So it's so it's it, it is really interesting that that's what, what they go back to. And yeah. And last season's with the, I would burn the world down or whatever. Yeah. Like, that was something that Michael really needed to hear. Cause I think that's what that line, I think is the only reason they ended up together. Uh-huh. Is, is Michael yeah. finally realizing how much the depths to which Alex loved him or loves him, yeah. you know, you know, I did, I did like Michael being like, you would call that a date though. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> He's like, mm. call me a thief. But it I was mean, funny, and you know what, I, Amanda, you mentioned many conversations coming full circle and some parallels and all of that. I really, really liked how they did it in this episode, because I remember when, was it last season that they, uh, they were at, at Alex's house and they had that conversation the about the song, yeah. and it was so much just right in your face. And well, I think there's episode, also a difference between fan service and like, like, cringy fan service which is what yeah. I think the couch scene was and then sort of a natural culmination of the show is ending yeah everything they brought up or they talked about just felt like a natural it thing felt that they so said. natural yeah like the the, um, the driving and then moving in together and then then I never look away all of these like it just moved so smoothly Mm-hmm. throughout the scenes it was so so lovely to have those callbacks and those parallels and at the same time just enjoy the scene as it was and for what it was it just worked so well this was the first time that alex had referred to um them living together you know as our home our things all this stuff and it didn't feel forced and maybe it was the separation and the fact that they were apart for so long but that was the first time I wasn't like, <laughs> you know, because he's always been very, you know, this season was like, it's our house, our life, our things, our, our, our. And this is the first time I was like, mm, our home, our things. Like, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, as much as I hated not having Alex for most of the season, I think that that helped kind of that aspect of their relationship this season for me. I think what I like the most is, I think they're so they've grown up so much because I think the sort of tortured having the same conversations over and over again, not that they don't have every right in the world to still wear their trauma and carry their trauma with them. That's not what I'm saying, but at some point you either have to let it go or you have to move past it, you know, especially when it comes to a relationship like this. And I love that when they had them sort of move past it, right? And, and, and sort of come to terms with their trauma that they share and all of that, that they fucking wholeheartedly did it. They didn't just, what nonsense is this where they move in and then get engaged in the same season? Who are we talking about? This is the same shit 
that think about season one Malik's right like season two Malik's that's really where we need to think of those people are now engaged and share space together without burning everything down and they did it with both with both eyes open wide both feet holding the hands jumping into it even if Michael's had some moments which is totally normal I'm every episode I'm amazed I'm like who the fuck are these people because this is not the Malik's that you, you know what I mean like that we started with and it's so hard to get there sometimes in my head I'm like holy crap the growth is so wonderful they decided they were all in and they were just yeah all in like it makes so much sense because at the same time yes it's very it seems very early in their relationship for us because really they got together last season then we had the gap we're 14 years we're 14 years into this it's 14 years like these people have you know they're all high school sweethearts what's funny what they are they have been together essentially if we count this being together but have a history that is literally as long as me and my husband have been together yeah that's a long fucking time like that's a half of their lives right that's half half of of their their lives lives. that's a long time and so yeah you're right it does feel quick because they finally got their shit together but we've they've been building on this for just decades upon forever Mm -hmm. So it's just nice to finally see it. Um, and I'm assuming they're going to have kids any day now. Like now it doesn't feel out of the realm of possibility yeah. at all. Just the first like orphan kid that they see. <laughs> like, it's like this is one is ours. Thank that you. One. <laughs> we'll take this one. Thank you. Um, I vote for Malik's spinoff. <laughs> yep. I'm here yep, for yep, it. Yep. Where they just like, run like uh, an, an orphanage or something. Like we said, they can film it on iPhones. It's okay. Just give it to us. Make it happen, Vlamis. Um, we, we, we talked about it briefly a second ago, but calling back to I'll Never Look Away killed me. I, I was just dead on the couch. Um, I love how much they recognize that that's their line you know because I don't know if in season one when they wrote that line and they had that line in the episode they realized how much of an impact it would have on their relationship and like how, how much the audience would you know just focus on that line and I love that they seem like the writers seem to have realized how important of a line that is to to Alex and to the fandom and that they always bring bring it back up oh so nice and again well, because it works it's so well it's, like it's just so natural and so because it's to me it's it's the opposite of that you're my turquoise line right like and this is no this is no shit on echo this is not what i mean but because echo has some great you know some great sort of everlasting lines and that's you know but it's the opposite of that because it's so it's like stripping yourself bare right? Like such a, such a statement to say to someone because it doesn't make any promises, right? It doesn't say I'm, you're, you're it for me right now. You know what I mean? Like it, from, if you think about what it means in season one is that Michael's always got his eye. He's never, ever looking away. And that's such a, it's such a, it gives me shivers, right? And now you put it in the context of this and we're talking about a proposal and we're talking about marriage. That's a vow. <laughs> that's not, it's not just a, Hey, guess what? I, I, have been in love with you for years and years and years. 
now we're talking about this is a marriage vow and it and, and it puts it in a whole different light than what we've ever seen it before so the evolution of it right like michael saying in the beginning and then good lord alex screaming at him in episode 12 and season one right like it just it changes every time they say it and it and it gets stronger every time i mean it's also i think that kind of line that is not uber cheesy right that's like, what i mean by being about, the opposite right yeah some of the other lines even to some extent the cosmic line i think they used it in some places it got, no it, yeah you're right they I, almost like yeah, used it the same amount of times as I never look away. Yeah, but that's something you can really only say once. <laughs> like you yeah, exactly. Really like I think it. they 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 overused it at this right. uh, by this point. And that one is just some just the line that you can say over and over and over. It just never gets it, old because it it's like punches me in the tit every time I hear it, it because does. it's just like a because it's, it's such so a raw sweet. line as well, and even like not only because of the way that Blamis delivers it in season one it's just just the way it's written you, you think about it and you go oh shit like this man is in love with it. like he's in love luck like and and if if that was the only throwback that we ever got from them then I'm fine with that like that's all I need I don't need all the other stuff I don't need you know I don't need a lot of the other stuff that I never look away has to be because the only other time I want to hear it again is like during an actual like they're getting married, yeah, and and saying it. But they've said it now, and then they said it in such a perfect way. I'm good. That's that's they it, they it could end right now, and I'm fine. Well, and you know, you bringing up Michael saying it in season one, Alex saying it in season one, compared to now, you know, they were both. It was very rough and raw in season one and to now see the evolution of this this line that's so important to, them and to us as a fandom and it's tender and soft and and alex says you know i don't care if you're on another planet in another <laughs> galaxy like like i'm the you're it for me shut up it's too much see, ah! i i am just having a meltdown <laughs> like i was fine when i watched it because i've been so divorced from fandom and i haven't really been in it not that I don't love them any less, but I don't feel the same excitement because I've just got so much else going on. The literal second I start talking about it with anyone, I lose, I go completely feral. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And this is why I was very glad that they had the little moment of Michael going, I met a guy and Alex being like, you met a guy. And that just that moment of, you know, being funny and having that because it, like kind of broke the, the scene for me a little it's bit too, much, like, too intense okay yeah it was too like he was too much before we got a little motion reprieve you know i don't handle a lot of emotion very well right like because hashtag childhood trauma but i don't always handle scenes like that very well because it's just so like oh this is so much emotion you all love each other so much that's how i felt about the couch scene even that was a little bit cheesy but this one truly it was like staring at the sun, like truly had to keep pausing it being like, oh my God, one line at a time, like trying to digest it and not be overwhelmed. Um, so my next note just says Malik's proposal, nothing else matters. <laughs> I don't care about anything else in the show anymore. Like I'm just Malik's trash again. And I'm not sure I ever really changed. Um, like, when he grabbed his hand, I was like, no. No, like, 
We didn't have Alex for nine episodes and he's back for five minutes and he proposes marriage. He was like, nope, we've been divided way too long. Come here right now. Like the fact that Alex was ready to marry that man right that second. Yes. Yes. It was like, no, we can marry like right now. That, this is the man. That is a preacher right who, now. That's the man. I just, I mean, I know everyone knows this, but I want to reiterate. This is the man who ran out of the airstream because Isabel brought bagels. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's just, it's such a why every parallel with season one, Alex, is just phenomenal. For, like, you just, you know, we talk about Michael's growth a lot because we got to see a lot more of it without, you know, than with Alex because he hasn't been in every episode. But just look how fucking happy he looks when he's looking at Michael. Versus that pained Alex look he got looking at Michael in the first season. I could lose my mind. I could have a heart attack right now thinking about how much they've changed together and separately. He seems so light compared to season one, Alex. He jokes. He laughs. Weighs down. Look at that smile when Michael knocks him down. And he realizes who it is. What is that smile, you doofus? What is is that? And that's phenomenal. I'm so excited to not see tortured Alex as much I think we've seen him smile more in three episodes than we saw in three seasons agreed and I love that for him um why is Michael's first line after a proposal talking about Sanders and a Chucks why because it's amazing it's cute don't get me wrong because he doesn't like, know how to handle it yeah he <laughs> so, can't handle it's so it's so Michael you're like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up what are you doing but it is funny but, and I do, I do want to see it but you know that that Alex is just like God. I love this dumbass so fucking much. Like that's because that's exactly what he expected him because to say. Because he's a more some... sexual. That's why. And here is how. You, here's how you know that's love. He's still gonna marry Michael with that dumbass facial hair. That's love. <laughs> because I'm gonna tell you what, my man looked like that. I'd be like, absolutely not. You look like you are from the Wild West. You look like you shouldn't be allowed in schools. I'm not marrying you. But he still like, he still loves his man. You can shave and then we'll talk about marriage. Right. Stop the proposal. Like, we'll stop right in the middle and you'd be like, you know what? You need to go and take care of that and then come back and we'll finish this. So, but it's true. That's how you know it's true love. Forget anything else. Forget I never look away. It's the facial hair. Alex is just scouring the pocket dimension for a razor. This is one thing. Okay. So we got to be happy for all of like three minutes and okay, now well- Alex is dying. Okay, can I interrupt? Before we talk about Alex, <laughs> can we just mention the fact that finally, after four seasons of waiting, we got mutual, in-person, on-screen, to each other, I love you. Oh, a, I forgot about that. It's remarkable. It's We made it. I've been waiting so long. We, we finally did. I mean, truly, everything could end right now, and I would feel satisfied. We waited it's so, so funny long. that Michael's line was, I like, I'm embarrassingly in love with you. Was it like that? Right. I was like, yeah, you are. You are. Yeah. It's and actually disgusting. Yeah. Like you, as a, as a viewer, you're like, yeah, uh-huh. you so are. It's so true. We've been new. Oh, I loved it. Now we can talk about Alex Stein. Thank you. I'm sorry. So yeah, we, we aren't allowed happiness. Um, so now Alex is dying. Um, 
I feel like he, I, I like I, in my heart, I'm like, they're not going to kill him off with two episodes left, but I don't trust people. Listen, I said this before we started recording, before both of you started talking, I had no fear whatsoever that any of them were dying, were going to die before the show ended. And now I'm like, <laughs> you're welcome. Well, I don't think, I don't think Alex specifically, I don't think Alex, it's too on the nose. It's too obvious. Um, it's too much what they did with Max last season or in season two or whatever, you know, like in the show historically when they tell you this character is dying then they usually find a way around it um and you know what amanda i'm gonna say it. i've been so wrong this season but i don't think Mac- <laughs> michael is dying as well okay listen every time listen well, i want a reel of every time nick has predicted something <laughs> this season or something <laughs> Alex is coming back next episode. You know what I said last episode? <laughs> last episode, I was like, well, I don't think we're going to see Alex in episode And we got a goddamn proposal. She was that at the beginning of the season. And we got a goddamn proposal. So you know After what? 10 episodes of saying, I, I think this is the episode we're going to get back in. I want to be realistic. I don't, I'm not saying, I, you know, I don't necessarily think that Alex or Michael is going to die. And I don't, and, I, and, and as we were talking earlier, it would be super easy for Alex to, you know, it'd be too easy if Alex were the one, you know, that was the whole point of the episode, but I just, I could just see Michael doing something real dumbass stupid and sacrificing himself for Alex. If it came down to that again, we only have two episodes left. I'm not, this is something that if we were getting another season. Yeah. But at the same time, my Max is getting his powers back and true, true they've pretty much found a way to resurrect Shivani's daughter. So even if I think, you know what? I think Michael will do something too stupid to save Alex. I think that's a good, you know, theory and that's something that probably will happen. But I think they will also find a way to save Michael if something goes horribly wrong. You know, okay, like, They've saved Max multiple times. They've brought Rosa back. They've said Kyle wow. from dying. They saved Isabel. Like, is my- Michael really the one we want to? No, come on. I agree. It's just, I think I'm such a realist, right? And I, you have to understand. I, I came from Grey's Anatomy. I came from Grey's Anatomy. Okay. I watched this for years and years and years. And every single time that I loved anyone or loved any relationship, I, they died. (laughs) So I have absolute fandom PTSD that this is like a whole other Derek Shepard situation, right? Someone I love very much is going to die. So it's not founded in anything necessarily. I just sort of always assume I'm going to lose because every ship I've ever had has been torn apart every, you know what I mean? So the idea of getting like a happy ending, I'm like, my brain's like, no, no, no. So I'm trying to like guard myself. Yeah. I do think that someone's going to die. And this is, this is not Malik's related. I do think that someone is going to die at the end. I think someone's going to I, die, die. Like someone we know yeah. is a big character is going to die and not be brought back. 
And I personally think that it's going to be Maria or Rosa. Don't I don't know why I oh, feel I don't, that way. That I don't love that. That's not what I want. Shut the fuck up. Don't love. I'm not. Don't bring that in the universe. Why I'm would just, you want anyone to die? Like I, just, I don't think I, we don't I want, don't them want to anyone die. to die. I think it's real. I don't want anyone to die, but I think that someone is going to die. Die. But to how boring themselves. would that be? We've had a death every single final finale. I agree. I agree. We're also talking about the CW. I don't know. I just yeah. I have I have a hard time believing that everyone's going to make it to the end. Yeah. And they're all going to be dancing happy at the Malik's wedding. Like I have a hard time believing on a CW show that that's yeah. what's going to happen. I, I, I understand somebody, that. Especially if it's not one of the main. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I think especially I think of Trevino saying that there is, if I understood this interview correctly, that there is um, a cliffhanger because they didn't they didn't actually know that season five wasn't happening, so there should be a cliffhanger i i don't know just this how the season has gone i don't think that would be it also it's just so boring like again like really another character so, dying. i don't care who it is or what it is as long as it's not michael or out being separated <laughs> or just don't let it be them let me have this one thing and yeah. you can kill anybody you want you can throw max off a cliff i don't give a fuck i don't i don't care just let me have Michael and Alex just be together. Yeah. All right. Um, got a little bit off topic here. Um, but one more thing about Malix is um, like Mick said, Ma- Michael was, or I mean, Alex was just like, preacher right there can marry us right now. So I'm hoping that maybe we'll get Malik's wedding on the next episode. And then, you know, like, a reception with everybody hope would hope one would hope like in the I have been holding on to a gift set idea for like nine months because it requires like a party scene of some kind celebrating now it requires a a wedding reception to make it work so selfishly that's all I want it's just a scene so that I could make this gift set all right so uh we're gonna wrap up with some of the other stuff that was going on kind of around the main characters. Um, Bonnie's still boring as hell, but Dallas just makes everyone better. So he, she was tolerable with him. He does, but at the same time, okay, so I'm not done talking about Malix, but um, I would have far more enjoyed this episode if they, if Bonnie and Dallas had been like a smaller part. Like if we had actually seen Michael going around and exploring the parallel universe and you know going to places and trying to find out you know where Alex might have gone and stuff like that I think that would be way more interesting and would have given like the payoff would have been better when they eventually you know reunited because as it is you're like okay why should I care about Bonnie and Dallas trapped in this fucking I don't care I don't okay I care about Dallas being trapped in that trailer, but I could give two shits about Bonnie. Yeah, like, I mean, sure, like, let's explore the fact that he still doesn't really know how to use powers, but he knows, you know, he's smart enough to know he can use powers right now. You see the one that says that he's... 
that whole bit about him, Michael telling him that their pair power. Oh, he's like, the one. Yeah, he's the one. That's and I was like, did he? <laughs> but that's obviously something that happened off screen. Did we know? No, we didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I tell you right now, I didn't pay attention to anything with Bon with Bonnie or Dallas, and I never will. I'm so sorry. It's not against Dallas. I still, I still don't fully a hundred percent trust her. No, God, no, no. And I don't know if she's just that boring, or if you're supposed to have that kind of feeling. Well, I think she's a character that's always looking for somebody to take care of her. And Clyde and Tesca did that. And now she's latched on to Dallas and Michael. And- um, can we talk about that for a second? How they have made her. And this is what, this is what, I'm, this is why I'm hoping that she, we, we find some big reveal about Bonnie or something, because why have they made her into this like weak woman who always needs guidance from some strong man to get her? What year is it? Like, what is happening? She is a goddamn alien. She has powers and abilities, and they make her follow after Clyde, Michael, Dallas, all of them like a sniveling little puppy. I don't. So I'm if if they don't give us some sort of reveal about Bonnie, or something happens, I that's something doesn't smell right. I agree. Um, which my next comment was about Bonnie too. And it really irked me that Dallas called her family. Like she's been here for two minutes. Like, I understand that you're new too, bro, but like you came under different circumstances. Well, and I, I mean, I, I, I honestly get it in terms of like the bigger picture of, you know, alienness, I guess. I don't know, but like, yeah, that's yes. wild. I don't know. Not everybody's family. <laughs> Not everybody it's not immediate take some time she could just she, you could just be this is our friend bonnie like and she's just as and it's just as important but anyway i think that's just me really not caring about bonnie so clyde cut his own arm off with what i have no idea because he was crushed under okay. all that i'm not gonna stuff. lie that's pretty hot yeah it like, was pretty hardcore you know, i was like all right Clyde. you know what we love one movie 127 hours yeah yeah he went full 127 hours which is real a wild choice but it's so true like but i what did he chew through his arm okay nope um so uh -uh, we're not gonna do that sorry so i like the this is the one redeeming factor about Clyde then is that he's truly unhinged. Now I'm sad we didn't get to see the unhingedness, right? Because he was so bland and boring. He was so white bread for so many episodes. But a person or an alien who would cut their own arm off, probably pretty unhinged. And I'm really, I'm really digging that vibe. I wish we could see more. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier in the episode about like his yeah, I'll give you that fanaticism yeah. has made him slightly interesting. Um, which leads into Shivani. Um, apparently is she going full on villain now teaming up with Clyde or I, I don't know what I couldn't with a gun to my head tell you anything about Shivani. <laughs> like she's so <laughs> talk about unhinged I mean and I the thing is is that I was understanding it truly the whole world changes when you have kids right and you would do anything for them but I can say <laughs> Having kids, I don't know that I would go to the links that she's going to. I don't know. I, this is obviously some 
a step beyond what most parents would do. Now we're in unhinged land. And I, you know, I understand that she took the mist, so her brain is kind of, you know, going some weird places. Um, having a woman of color, a person of color, once again, again, in that position, um, do we want to do that again? Like before, it was just, okay, she's an edge, but I don't start, see her going full villain. And now it's like season two, Helena Orteco. Or season one with, um, did I just forget his name? Uh, Noah. 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 Whoa. Okay, I but was Noah like... was the full on villain. <laughs> right, but I'm saying like, season. you still have these people of color, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like we're still sort of keep villainizing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even if you can understand why they're villains. Like, I, I guess, you know, I understand Shivani. Elena, I guess. I don't know. That was no, I other... meant more like she is going to be, quote unquote, the villain of oh, the season. Gotcha. Okay. But because she's trying to do, like, stuff for her family. Like, God, Elena, like Elena. That makes sense, yeah. Like, that's kind of the parallel that I see. But at the same time, it's like, okay, do we really want to do this again? I think it would have been more interesting... It, it was the, the the men coming in, like the ending of the episode that made it seem like she's not just unhinged, right? It would be different if she just kept taking the mist and just sort of her mind was degrading and all of that. But this is starting to feel like like a militarized, like th- this is this is getting scarier <laughs> than just than just this sort of obsession with the mist and, and saving her daughter. And in the same vein, you know, like yes, she might be. A quote unquote bad guy or unhinged or whatever. But, um, and I get that she stole their pods and that's not cool. But we had Max threatening a woman of color again. Like there were, there were different ways to go about that scene without him being very Max like. I, I understand it more now in this, this scene than I did when it was yes. like a Nazi. You know, like I get it here. I completely agree with you. This is the only time where I can sort of see that it's a little bit justified his yeah. anger, but given his history of what he's done, like that we should have avoided that right. at all at all costs. Yeah. But also that scene, like it was gross. Like she just stole is I don't know what a human like parallel would be to I don't to the pods yeah well it pods, almost feels but... um like you know what it feels like to me is that it's um it starts to feel um when we're talking about like baby like um I don't know like a like placenta you know what I mean like yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah, like yeah. birth and and it starts to get into that weird where you're taking essentially like organs is kind of what it, I don't know yeah. it, it gets it's a weird vibe and so I totally understand being like this isn't yeah, just my home this is like part of also me. When you think about the fact that it's essentially Liz's fault, right? That Shivani was able to, you know, but it's okay. Where the fault went, we're reunited and we're happy. Mm -hmm. Not going to ever talk about the fact that she betrayed his most, their most closely guarded secret to someone she barely knows. We're just not. That's not never going to be addressed. Um, One last comment: Where the fuck is Allie? Okay. Why make such a big deal about her returning? Why even make it her? 
what, what was the point for for for, for one episode so far in the wild west like at this point my only reasoning would be that they had scheduling difficulties like with her like how always scheduling with the show or it could have been i don't know like they had a longer idea plan for her sort of like because trip wasn't in multiple seasons was he no Uh, no but it might have been like a longer plan i don't know and it could have gotten ruined by getting canceled i really don't know but at this point the shock of her or the sort of anticipation of her coming back i don't give a shit what we spend the time on the people we have right now yeah like at this point i don't i don't care like i was very invested in like who Ali was and her connection to Liz and like where that would lead at the beginning of this season, at the end of last season. I don't care anymore. There's two episodes left. We have like, what, like an hour and a half left of show. I I don't care about that. I don't want you to waste any time on these people when we have such a limited amount of time for the ones that we've been with from the beginning. I don't care anymore. And if she didn't show up in Mexico when Kyle and Isabel were there and she was literally mentioned, how does it make sense for her to show up now? Like, I, I guess if Shivani manages to resurrect her daughter, then perhaps having the child's other mother there would make sense. But I don't know. Well, and Kyle went with Eduardo to go look for Allie and then he comes back to Roswell and nobody has asked him if he found Allie or not. No, I am sure she's going to show up in the next episode. Yeah. And then we're going to have to magically care about her. All right, let's do favorite part of the episode. Uh, Amanda. Um, I would, this is, a, I don't I feel like surprising. I think it's going to be Max and Iz talking about epic love stories. How could it not be, right? I mean, because it just, it, it encompasses so much. And Max and Isabel is a relationship that I have, I've always liked. And it's such a good conversation. And Max finally being, you know, a, a good brother again. And, and, we, and I think Isabel needed to hear that. And it was great. So I'm going to go with that. Um, this is so hard because I remember so little of the episode that he's in Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um, I guess the only other one for me is Kyle and Rosa's scenes. Um, just because of everything that I mentioned, Rosa's growth and the fact that she's able to give advice to people that are supposedly technically age-speaking, her uh, her older siblings. Um, it's just so nice to see. And I love Rosa. So you two took my favorites again, as usual. Um, I'm going to go with um, the scene with Liz and Clyde where she was just reading him for filth. I liked, you know, that, that felt like old Liz and it was interesting. I like seeing badass Liz. I like seeing her like try to stab people with giant weapons. Why? Um, you know, a little, a little bit of dom- Liz dominating a man is, is nice. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Are we back right. to all men get pegged in Roswell or? Yeah, we are. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful addition. 
All right. Well, that was our recap of episode 11. Uh, We will be back next week to talk about episode 12 as we get ready for the series finale. Um, uh, You can always reach us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Tumblr at Queer Alien Blast. We love hearing your comments. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you, guys.